And welcome to another amazing episode of Retrovaniacs. As always, I'm Jeremy Parmentier here with Billy Holiday. Hello. And Jeremy Gregory. Hey, guys. And uh, this week, we have decided to take a look. We didn't announce this last time, and I forgot to post anything. So, surprise, everybody. We're looking at Top Hunter, Roddy and Kathy for the Neo Geo. But before we get to that, Billy, what have you been playing since our last show? Well, I, I, once again, I've been using that, uh, that that Game Pass on the Xbox One and just kind of going through, trying some things here and there, and having a hard time really latching on to anything. One thing, though, that I started playing, and I am have decided I'm going to play through to completion, is that, uh, that I believe it's Shantae and the Pirate's Curse, which is uh, like a, an old-school you know, 2D side-scroller. Uh, I'm not familiar with the series at all. Uh, have, have either of you played that one or, or any of the... Yes. Anything in the series? I played that one, and it's great, and I highly I recommend. I would say I'd like it, but I, I like to play it alone because I can't help but but worry that people are going to judge me uh, if they see some of the uh, some of the little cutscene things in there, and the and and the bizarre animation and and clothing decisions made for these cartoon characters on there. I'm very concerned. So that's been my favorite game to play after dark. Well, it's, it's a lot like uh, Wonder Boy 3 The Dragon's Curse that we covered on this show mm. Uh, mm. several episodes slash years ago. Uh, it, yeah, it's, it's great. It's a good, solid 2D platformer where you get to transform into different abilities that, that change what mm-hmm. you can do. I mean, it's it's excellent. It's a, it's a Metroidvania-style game, but, but not yes. quite because you do have to transport between worlds on a ship, but still... It's great. Like I play that nonstop, and I bought the next one, uh, Half Pirate Hero. I think is the mm-hmm. the next one in the series. I've I started it. I didn't finish it only because I started it right after I finished um, this one, the Pirates yeah. Curse, and and I just uh, I may have just been too much all at once. Like it's a good game, but it's you know so was Super Metroid. And after our last episode, mm-hmm. I started playing uh, Samus Returns again, and I got about ten mm. minutes in. I was like, I've played a lot of Metroid. It's time to play something else, <laughs> uh, and. As always, I decided to not play the same thing I've been talking about for the last year. No, wait, I did. I dove full on back into Monster Hunter World, and I, <laughs> I'm sad uh. that that's all I have to talk about on this podcast. Uh, it's their summer festival, so all the the quests I didn't do that I missed, uh, if I missed any on on the last few weeks, is go- are, are on now. Uh, also, I've gotten stronger enough that I'm fighting tempered monsters again, and uh, man, it's great. It is amazing. Uh, I, 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 we almost ran an intervention. For Jeremy Gregory, uh, early on with The Witcher Three, and we didn't follow through with it. But I'm thinking maybe uh, the wheels are starting to turn again, and we're going to have to get this intervention up and running for you. Before you guys decide to do that, I do need to let you know that later on in August there will be a Final Fantasy crossover where you get to fight the Behemoth. So let's wait for that to happen before we have that intervention because uh-huh. I really want to see this. Is there any fishing? Oh yeah, there's total fishing. It's not that exciting though, but it's there. Uh, so, Jeremy, other than this week's game, have you been able to play anything since our last show? Well, I'm approaching week four of Broken Leg, and uh, I, I think I've actually just kind of lost my mind at this point of staying in this room constantly. Uh, but really, what I've been able to... I, I beat Super Mario Odyssey, and I was finally able to get a chair in here that I can actually sit up in, uh, so I'm not just bedridden completely. Um and I went back through some of my backlog with the PS4, and speaking of Final Fantasy XV, I pulled that out of the bag and decided to go ahead and just finish it because I've got nothing but time on my hands. And that was kind of, I, I really wanted to get back into that at some point because back when it came out, I think I got up to chapter four 
or something. It was the open world. And I enjoyed what I played. But for some reason, I, I was just doing I put it down and never got back to it. So I picked it up again. And that game is really interesting to me. I think I hate that game, but also I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just a weird you know, I, I talked about how Far Cry 5 was very differently, different tonally during throughout the game. Final Fantasy 15 is very different gameplay wise through through not so much the way you play it, but mm-hmm. it starts out like an open world game. And I had heard people say that, you know, about halfway through the game, it really kind of changes pace uh, of how you play that game. And I wasn't prepared for just how much that game changes mm-hmm. because yeah, I spent. Huh? Yeah. You're talking about the point where it goes from open world to a slow linear crawl. Yeah. And, and it, it was almost insulting to a point yes. because when you make it an open world game, like you expect the majority of the game to take place in that open world, you're, you, you take ownership of that world. You know, the more you do, the more you feel like you're part of that world, you explore it, you see it. You're like, you know, it becomes just kind of a character in in the game itself, like, you know, GTA 5's world and stuff like that. But this one, I totally got into that. You know, I was going around doing all the dungeons, doing the side quests, which are the worst side quests I have ever played in a video game. But I did them anyway. Mm. And I leveled up. I I way over leveled. I got to like level 50 before I even got to like uh, chapter six or seven or something like that. And I expected things to keep going the way they were, like at least I could maybe go back or whatever. But that game just instantly just decides, okay, all of that is gone now. Everything you did is whatever. Who cares anymore? Now we're going to change this game completely. Now it's very linear. You have to go from one place to the next. Uh, It's... I just was not expecting that. It does give you the option to go back using like the dog where you can like remember or something, but that's not any fun. Like I, it, it's just, I couldn't believe that it was just like, all right, that's done. Forget that now. Okay. Now here's the rest of the game. And the rest of the game is like, like I said, very, very linear. So that was kind of a, a shock. And, you know, I, I've, I've still had a lot of fun playing it. I like the story a lot, even though it just kind of jumps the shark at the end. And I I'm right at the last boss. Uh, but it's it's I'm kind of getting to the point where I'm I'm glad it's over uh, because if I had known any better and if I recommend it to anyone now I would say don't do any of the side quests like they are worthless everything about that game is basically worthless except going through just chapter to chapter to chapter if you want to fish fishing is pretty fun too but nothing else seems to matter nothing in that game seems to matter like I don't I, I don't think I would have any disadvantage right now if I would have just went chapter to chapter to chapter and not done anything else. Mm. So, and I think that's one thing, like at least with other role-playing games back in the day, when you overleveled, you felt like you were just, you could just destroy everything. You got all of these amazing weapons. You got all this amazing gear. I don't feel like I got anything. I'm pretty sure there's only like seven weapons in that entire game for everyone. So it's, I don't know that that's just where I am with it. I'm glad I finally finished it up. I really, I would still recommend it, even though the combat's a mess. That whole game's kind of a mess, but it's it's something I enjoyed playing. But mm-hmm. so that's that's where I'm at. That's really the only thing I've been playing. That is my <laughs> continue our thoughts on old games uh, that no one is playing anymore. <laughs> so that that that's yeah. Final Fantasy 15. Uh, I I hate it, but I also love it. Yeah, it is. It's a beautiful mess, but a mess to play. Uh, I finished that game. 
and after I was done, I still don't necessarily know if I was good at it or not. Like, I finished it, and that's great and all, but I feel like most of the combat in the game was either so easy that I just kind of watched them destroy everything, or I just pushed a lot of buttons and went, ooh, and then things ended. And I don't really I know, I, you know, it, I feel the same way about, I felt the same way about the you know Final Fantasy thirteen at the start, but by the end, I actually felt like, okay, I get what they were aiming for, and yes, it was pretty much just slam on A the whole time until you get to the end of the game. But if you actually took time to learn it, there are some pretty pretty involved mechanics in 13 where I thought 15, if that's there, I never found it. No, I, I agree. Like I actually sat down at one point for a good few hours. I was like, I'm going to, I'm missing something from this combat. I'm going to try to actually be good at it. And you can to a degree, but it's always just kind of going to be chaos. No matter what you're doing, where you're at, especially in smaller areas. I mean, there's times where that camera just tanks. Like, it just can't mm. do any. You don't know what you're fighting. You're just watching your guy flop around, and you're just hoping for the best. Uh, blocking, things like that, is... I have tried to learn it. You can on some enemies. Like, if you're just fighting one-on-one, -on -one, it's not too bad. But mm. if there's more than two people, and they're around you, you know, you can only hold that button down for so long to try to escape because your magic runs out. Yeah. But... It's it's just a mess. It, that's all I can really say. It's it it's doable and it's easy enough to to get make your way through. And as long as you got high potions and potions, who cares? You can play it all day long and and never die. But yeah, it's it's not anything that I don't. I, I just don't think you can be technically sound at that battle system. Uh, I'm sure someone on YouTube would would put me to shame, but I just don't see it being a thing. Well, this week's surprise game is Top Hunter Roddy and Kathy for the Neo Geo and is hopefully not a beautiful mess. No, this game was a uh, kind of a last-minute addition. I uh, we got to the point to where we were trying to figure out what to uh, what to play next with with Jeremy's uh, newly enfeebled condition. Uh, he he wasn't quite able to to access you know all the consoles and whatnot. So I came down to looking around on what was in the uh, the classic section of the Switch, and I kind of scrolling through and saw this one. And this is what I have seen. Uh, screenshots of and seen the name of several times over um, and a lot of times that's in like list of you know kind of um, overlooked side scrollers overlooked co-op games so I had seen the name uh, I had seen you know some screenshots here and there uh, and it looked interesting enough and you know it, it was just kind of a random thing uh, we haven't ventured to the Neo Geo in a little bit so I I figured you know let's let's go in and do this one and if I'm not mistaken this is one of the few rare games on here that we all kind of went in a little bit blind yeah I, I saw pictures of it back when game fan was was running previews of it and of course any Neo Geo game back then just looked amazing to me mm -hmm. so and and I that one in particular, just it, the characters looked super large. It was very colorful. All of the art looked neat, and it just 
I always wanted to play it, but I never saw it anywhere. None mm. of the, the Neo Geo arcade machines ever had it in it. And to this day, I, I had never played it. So I was interested in seeing what I had missed. Yeah, I'd never seen this. Uh, it was never on one of the Neo Geo machines. Uh, around me, the only Neo, Neo Geo games that were out in those machines were uh, fighting games after the system was out for a little while. And at first it was, you know, Magician Lord and was it Nom 41 or whatever that was called. Uh, you know, a handful of their early games and then all fighters later on and maybe that baseball game. Mm-hmm. So I had never seen this. Uh, it was on the SNK Arcade Classics Volume 1 compilation for the Wii, which I have held many times but did not purchase it until... <laughs> Because uh, I figured I'd always be able to find it, and now it's nowhere, and I can find it on eBay for more than I feel like paying. But thankfully, you can download it on the Switch and PS4 as part of mm-hmm. the Neo Geo Classics uh, ACA series. I guess Hamster puts them out, and uh, and so I was I was thrilled to play something that I'd never played before. But but also Neo Geo games generally kind of have that same feel to them, especially the non-fighting games. Uh, very much th- this reminded me very much of of Metal Slug in some ways, uh, mm-hmm. also Magician Lord in some ways. Uh, and this actually that makes sense because Magician Lord came out in 1990, uh, this came out in 1994, and then Metal Slug was one of the later games, 1996, for the first one. Uh, to, not to mention the others that came out into the 2000s. So. This is this is kind of a good midpoint between the earliest Neo Geo games and and the Metal Slug games, which I think are close to perfection for that style of game, uh, mm-hmm. although incredibly difficult. Um, Top Hunter: Roddy and Kathy is a two-player, one or two-player co-op side-scrolling arcade platform game. Uh, you only go left to right. Uh, there is vertical scrolling because the levels are a little bit taller than your screen, but you don't ever have a full vertical uh, scrolling level. Player one is always Roddy. And player two is always Kathy, but they have the exact same moves. They just look different for whatever reason. Roddy looks like an old-time fighter pilot, and Kathy looks like a battle armor uh, warrior of the future. Uh, There are only three of the four buttons uh, on the Neo Geo that you use for this game. The A button is your punch button. Uh, Punch on this game does a lot of different things. If you hit it once, you just punch. Super exciting. If you hold it down, your arm stretches out. You can punch people from far away. If you hold it down after you hit them, you can grab people or things like signposts. Uh, You can find uh, switches and things you can hit from far away with that. So one of the big gimmicks for this game is that that stretchability of your arms. Uh, And then also once you have something grabbed, you can throw it directly at things, doing a fair amount of damage also with the A button. So the A button does most of the actions for this game. Uh, The B button jumps, uh, just a regular, normal you know, jump uh, like any other game would use. But C is the button that makes this the second gimmick for this game, which is there are two different <laughs> planes that you walk on. Each level has like a, a an in towards the screen level and, a, and away from the screen level. And you jump back and forth between those two levels uh, as you go through the th- from the start level to the end of the level. And it gives you kind of different areas to fight on. My, uh, enemies will also jump back and forth. But there are some levels where you have to jump from one plane to the other just to get through the level. Uh, and it, mm-hmm. it kind of adds that... A different complexity to the game without having to involve walking in and out of the screen, which a lot of brawlers do, and I think it makes it very hard sometimes to be on the same plane to hit things. Instead, in this case, it's it's really only one or the other. There is no midpoint. Yeah, uh, this is really... I mean, like, we're going to go over a lot of the stuff that this game does. and It is kind of weird, but the uh, the planes themselves, it's like you said, it's it's hard to differentiate sometimes because there's just so much going on nothing really scales like you know a lot of those uh, older neo geo games that had different uh, planes and even like guardian heroes when someone would jump to the foreground or the background they would kind of scale in size and you can kind of tell if something was closer to the screen or further back uh, you know even like fatal fury did that too uh, it, but this one doesn't do that you literally just kind of jump 
it, it's almost like the the second plane is just above uh, the the front plane, and sometimes they they kind of even inter, in, intermingle, like you're crossing around them, mm. and it can be kind of hard to tell what is what is going on sometimes. There's definitely times where I thought I was attacking something that was on the other plane because they are very close to each other. Um, with with two players, it almost feels like you'd play it where one person's on each plane half the time just to really get the most out of it, I suppose. But even then, there are times where you're going to want to jump back and forth just to dodge certain attacks or traps or, or grab items that are only on one of the planes. But yeah, it, it definitely gets a little confusing at first, uh, especially some of the, the boss fights require you to use that ability to dodge a lot of attacks. And I... I basically always remembered it as an afterthought in boss battles because I'm so used to just mm-hmm. standard 2D action <laughs> action platformers that, that this one where you have that, that mechanic, it, it's not just a gimmick. It's a required mechanic to master to really get through this game. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, did either, either of you actually play this in co-op? I actually did. Um, a lot of games that we've reviewed that have a co-op, I don't really uh, have the chance most of the time to get someone over. I, I don't stress it too much. I just go for the, the single-player experience. But I played through this one uh, both ways. Uh, when I was playing through in one player, I, I thought to myself, you know, of, of all games, I think this one uh, is probably greatly going to benefit from having a second person. Uh, and I think it'll be a lot more fun at that. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I went through uh, alone, and I was able to, to wrangle up someone to, uh, to play through co-op as well. Yeah, and that's that's what I did as well. I I had my brother over here one night, and, and we we sat through and played played through mm-hmm. the entire game, which it isn't going to take you very long. Yeah. Uh, and I can definitely you know say that I don't know what you thought, but co op definitely made that game a lot more fun. But it it also made it a lot more chaotic as well. Yeah, uh, that's that's exactly it. I, I um I you could play this one either way. Uh, I think there are, there are pros and cons both ways. I, I actually did think it was a little easier to navigate and to kind of get through on my own but it's it's that kind of like you said chaotic but but it's a fun chaotic to to have two people on there trying to bound back and forth between planes and and there's there's probably going to be an argument or two along the way but but that's any good co-op game now i didn't get to play two-player co-op because i have no friends but also i did have someone that was supposed to come by and play this with me last week but my job got in the way and we rescheduled till after this podcast which isn't going to help me Mm -hmm. um can you affect each other when you're playing or is it just that you're both on the same screen like can you throw each other and punch each other because that would have driven me out of my mind like rescue rangers no uh, you don't have any effect on each other when you're when you're you can just kind of walk right through each other. Yeah, it, mm. it didn't look like that, like it, it would affect each other. I did watch some some YouTubes of the two-player just to see. But then I thought, you know, if these guys are good, they won't be doing that anyway. So <laughs> I better just ask. Yeah, I can't even imagine that game. Well, I mean, it's kind of like Billy said. You, you generally do stick to each plane if you're playing co-op. Like one mm. person takes over. But then there's definitely times where you you have to, to be on that same plane. And, and if you were just running into each other and punching each other and throwing each other. It would, I can't even imagine how, how many arguments. It, it would not be the fun co-op arguments either. It would just be no. the I'm not going to play this game anymore with you arguments. Yes. Well, this game is, uh, it has four levels that you can pick from. Uh, you can do them in any order you want. Uh, they are different planets you go to because you are fighting space pirates because you are space bounty hunters because that is an original story that has never been done. Uh, mm-hmm. So the four planets you can pick from are cleverly the fire planet, forest planet, ice planet, and wind planet. Uh, once you beat all four of those planets that each have two levels in them, uh, you go to the final level of the game, uh, which is the Great Clapton, a giant airship that's just one very long level. 
Uh, unfortunately, it does have our favorite thing in it, a boss rush. But we'll get to that level when we get to the end <laughs> of the game. Uh, it, did you guys, uh, I mean, it, it's default you to the forest planet to start. But again, you can pick any of those four. I didn't get to verify too much of this, but I did play it through several times starting with different planets. And it does seem like if if you pick a planet early, it's easier than it would be if you picked it later. Like the game makes some minor changes to those levels based on what order you pick them in. I honestly couldn't tell. Um, I, I did start kind of when I on my alone playthrough when I played by myself. I started on like I think the, the fire planet, and I really mm-hmm. couldn't tell a difference myself uh, because this is definitely one of those games where, like Magician Lord, even even though you've got a a life bar, you get hit twice and you're dead. Yeah. So I mean, it just kind of seems weird sometimes because like you'll you'll get hit. Some things don't do too much damage, but it, it really seems like you can only take two or three hits no matter what in that game and uh, per life anyway. Yeah, I both time I swear I didn't I didn't really pay any mind to it, and I think both times I played through, I kind of went in the same order. Um, I, I wouldn't be able to tell you on that one. the The clearest way to tell for me was the so at the end of every uh, each planet has two levels on it. At the end of the first level on every planet, you have uh, like a mid boss fight uh, against this. Looks like a military captain guy. And when you first fight him, the first time anywhere, it's just him. And then the second level you play, you fight him. He's in a like a power suit. And then the third and fourth time you fight him, it'll be some other power-up that's based on the level uh, mm-hmm. that, that helps him out so that it gets harder and harder. So when I played the first time, uh, I started with the fire level, and it was just the captain guy by himself. And then when I, fo- I played it the second time, I did fire level second, and it was the captain... In the, in the power suit and that that's an obvious one but there were little things that I just picked up on where I you know I could swear there were guys in spots that there weren't before uh, when I went through it the second time depending on when I played them I didn't play enough to be to document oh yeah there's seven guys in this row instead of five or whatever but there's definitely some differences in the levels minor ones uh, based mm. on when you when you hit them so that's kind of a neat uh, you know so just being Mega Man where every level is always the same it, it mm-hmm. kind of just assumes, you know, this is level one of an arcade game, level two, level three, level four. They'll be harder each time. So it doesn't matter what, what order you pick them. They're going to make sure that happens a little bit. Uh, no, I, I didn't even notice. It, it, it's minor, but it was just something I thought was kind of a, a cool a cool idea they had. Um, you, you brought up the health bar. This does have a health bar instead of hit points or a one-hit kills like Contra. Uh, the health bar is refillable. As you go through the level, you'll find things you can break, uh, boxes, tree trunks, walls, uh, and switches that will will have food show up. Sometimes you even fight enemies and they drop food items. Uh, food will refill the health bar pretty quickly, but again, it, you're right, Jeremy, it, you get hit two or three times, that's your whole life bar. Uh, you do start with three lives. Uh, you know, It's a Neo Geo game on, on a new console, so you're probably going to put 20 or 30 credits worth of starting because <laughs> you're going to yeah. you're going to need to reset a lot. But that said, mm-hmm. the more I played this, much like Metal Slug, I did get better uh, to where I really think I if I played this long enough, I don't think I'll ever finish the game on one quarter by any means or one credit. But but I probably could finish this game in, in a handful of them. Uh, the the only mm-hmm. uh, well, I'll, I'll get into what was harder later. So you have your life bar, and so the things you can pick up are the food to refill your life bar. Uh, the other item, the other thing during the level is, along with your life and trying to get to the end, there is a timer. Uh, the timer is is fairly 
a, a fairly large amount of time, but if you're going to play slow and try to be defensive through the game, you'll probably run out of time. Uh, as you find items you can pick up, one of them will be extra time. There's a small and a large extra time item uh, that says super time, uh, and that gives you extra time <laughs> in your life bar. Plus, there are some bonus areas you can find hidden in each level that will also reward you with extra time. Uh, that said... As long as you're playing this at a at an okay speed, I don't think you'll necessarily run out of time. But there were a few levels because uh, the time does stop when you get to a boss. Where I made it to a boss with like single digit time left, uh, and if you run out of time, you die. Obviously, so you you gotta make sure you pick up those extra items as much as you can, or just run speed level, speed run through the levels. You get plenty of time to do that. Uh, the other items you can find that you pick up are coins and gems that are just for score, uh, and then the power up balls. Ah, the power up balls make you turn gold and you do more damage when you punch but otherwise i didn't see a giant bonus to having that no i i was a little let down because i was i was assuming early on uh you know you pick these up and you yeah you do change the gold you slowly power up a little bit i was hoping when you got enough of them you just really got out of hand uh, and overpowered on there, but you never reach that point. Um, it's not like uh, some games we talked about where you know you, you power up your weapons as you move along, and basically you have this kind of unstoppable weapon as you go through. No, it, it kept you pretty pretty subdued throughout. I will say that this is probably the most fair Neo Geo game that we have played for this podcast so far. Mm. Like you mentioned, that you could probably get through this game without too much uh, of a problem, and I, I think you could. Like it's it's just it, I I know I lost a lot of a lot of quarters, uh, virtual quarters uh, during those playthroughs. But there was never a time where I was just like, oh god, this is just it, I can't do anything. You mm-hmm. know, when we played Metal Slug and and Magician Lord, they're just you just feel feel helpless a lot of times. But this one, I you know, even though it was a battle of attrition because mm-hmm. it is a Neo Geo arcade game, I actually felt like I was it, it wasn't just constantly throwing things at me that it was it, it was unfair. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think the levels were designed very fairly. In fact, uh, the bottom of the map, uh, there's a little... I mean, it kind of just shows you the progress through the level where you can see where you are. But but I don't think at any point it threw cheap things at you. Like, you know, we talked about Magician Lord as a comparison because this is a Neo Geo game. We've only talked about a handful of them. And there were a lot of parts of Magician Lord where it just... Like, you wouldn't see an enemy until it was on top of you, and then once you get hit once, you're just screwed, and there's no way out. Like, mm-hmm. this doesn't have any of that, necessarily. There's, there's enemies that jump out at you, and there's enemies that appear quickly, but generally the screen is not your your characters are not so big that you don't have that advanced notice when you move forward and it's also not having stuff drop on you in an unfair amount i mean yeah it's hard it's a neo geo arcade game but it's not it's not impossible it's one of those ones where if this you know if if this was in an arcade and i brought three dollars worth of quarters i i think i might be able to get through this after i played it enough i mean obviously not the first time through but you know even on a good day i could probably finish with a couple bucks where where i think neo geo even though i played that a lot to really finish it, you're dropping twenty bucks. Yeah, yeah, and especially like you know, this was we we talked about Magician Lord with its big characters and how how that game was just constantly at a disadvantage because of its big characters. Like this this game has big characters and it does it right. And when you do that right, like the the game looks great. You know, you've got these big cartoonish characters. Nothing's really unfair. And so it was just. I came into this thinking like, oh man, this is just going to be another magician lord. Everything's way too big on screen. I'm just going to be getting hit constantly, and and just not have any fun. But it, mm. I, I didn't get that with this game. It, it's very fair with even with how big those characters are. And I've always found that to be a, a pet peeve with games that love to do those big characters in, in games like this. Yeah. Was it, they were just too big for their own good. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, the only other notable things, I think, in general for the mechanics of this game is, much like Metal Slug, there are vehicles, but it's all one vehicle. It's all power suits. Uh, if you find enemies that have them, you can punch them out and jump into them. They don't um, necessarily give you any new abilities. They just give you some defense, and they seem to do a lot more damage uh, when you punch things. If you use it against, for example, a boss, you can see how much damage it does. Uh, so they mm -hmm. do do more damage, and you can take three or four hits before it explodes, which is helpful in a game where two hits will kill you. Um, and the other thing that uh, enemies will drop is their weapons. Some enemies will run on with a gun, and it's only certain enemies and certain guns. But they'll then drop the gun. You can pick it up and use it for an indeterminate amount of shots. It's not too many. It's probably five or six. And then as the last attack, you can use that gun. He'll throw it across the screen, uh, hitting mm -hmm. something. But at least it's cool that you can get those things. There aren't that many guns. Uh, it's not like you're going to be constantly swapping guns back and forth like a Contra game. But but it's nice to have it, and it does do a fair amount of damage, even though it, it does pretty much just fire straight forward. Um, did either of you read the manual to this game? I did not. I didn't didn't get hold of the manual for this one. And even though games in the past, we've kicked ourselves for not looking at the manual. I've still yet to get into the habit of it. No, I didn't. I didn't look at it either because usually with all these Neo Geo games, you know, it does whenever you first start it up, it kind of shows you how to play it on the screen itself. So I, I didn't even bother. So did you know there are special Street Fighter style moves in this game? <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Later, we, me and my brother were playing co-op, and we got three-fourths way through the game, and he was like, I just did a Hadouken. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? And he's like, I, I just, I did the, the fireball motion, and I, I shot a Hadouken. I was like, that's, that, that's odd. You know, why would you put that in this game? And, you know, mm -hmm. I did it, and sure enough, you fire a Hadouken out, and I, I think yeah. there's other moves as well. Yeah, there's, there's the Hadouken move, there's a Dragon Punch. They name the different things. Uh, probably mm -hmm. to avoid being sued, uh, but but they have different different moves. I mean, there's a, a, a like a running dive you do or a running slide with the the same Hadouken motion and the jump button. I mean, there, there's there's a bunch of different little moves that you completely don't need in any way, shape, or form to finish this game, and ones that I've never seen because they require you have uh, like your, your three power up buttons at once, three power up items at the same time mm. and have one life left and have half life mm -hmm. and then you can do a certain move and it does i guess some amazing special that i've never seen and i looked on youtube and i'm sure i didn't look very long but i didn't see any there either so it's something that either it, you know i don't know if anyone ever's done them but it's kind of cool that they're in there <laughs> that said i finished most of this game with just punching jumping and and going in and out of the screen i don't think you need to use that at all but it is neat i can attest that you don't because i didn't know about it until the second go through um, the person I was playing with was wanting to, uh, to see, you know, the controls. So they had looked it up ahead of time online and, and came to me with this news and yeah, it's fun to pull off, uh, you know, especially, you know, with it being a nod to, to some of the, uh, the, you know, street fighter moves, but, but completely unnecessary. Just, just, uh, you know, another bell and another part of the bells and whistles to this game. This game doesn't lend itself well to doing Street Fighter motions on a controller. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, you gotta you gotta go in this game. Kind of, you know, things are coming at you. Uh, you don't really have time to do a quarter circle and, and hit the the punch button all the time. But yeah, it is. It's kind of neat that it's in there. Well, it's unnecessary in the in the less time that it takes you to do that that Hadouken maneuver. You just hold down the punch button and you punch all the way across the screen. Like, there's really no yeah. reason to do a fireball, except that it looks cool. Uh, which, mm. I admit, I will definitely use because it looks cool. But it's not yes. It's not going to help you 
in any way actually finish the game. I mean, I guess I'm sure there are people out there who disagree. There's, there's got to be people who have mastered this game. They're like, no, man, if you use the Dragon Punch, okay, I get it. But but I'm not going to do that. And Dragon Punch anyway, in general, is one of those moves that uh, I can pull off when it doesn't matter. Uh, but when it does, I mm-hmm. never bother. I'm bad at Street Fighter, uh, which is one of the reasons we will never cover a Street Fighter. Hmm. Uh, so the four levels are, I mean, generally there's not a lot to discuss on the four levels. They're all, you know, pretty much flat, uh, except for the ability to jump in and out of the screen. You know, flat side-scrolling levels. Uh, they do look pretty. They have a, a good amount of enemies. They jump in and out of things. Uh, all the levels have um, little switches and rings that you can grab onto with your giant arms that do different things. Uh, what I am a big fan of, and I actually... Uh, hate at the same time is that the rings specifically seem to be one of those one out of four is a trap and the traps are instant kills some of the time they are these giant metal things that fall down on top of you i i don't think it's set spots i think it's kind of wherever you were at the time if you're not ready for Mm -hmm. them uh and they will kill you immediately other times they drop lots of food or points uh in in the form of gems or time i mean it's worth grabbing every single one of them but some of them uh, will definitely kill you. So, you know, I'm not going to say avoid them. I don't know if it is. I'm sure it's the same every time. Uh, that said, I'll never memorize the level that much to where I know which ones to skip. And pro tip, if you're playing in co-op, you get them every single time because mm-hmm. it never stops being hilarious uh, if it is <laughs> one of those instant kills to just suddenly have one of those giant stones come dropping down onto the guy that <laughs> on the other. It's it's I don't know. It's stupid, It but it's it's just kind of fun. Yeah. Well, they also are used in as a weapon in some areas. Uh, the Ice Planet has giant Yeti characters that you have to fight, and there are two of them specifically that are so big that the only way to get past them, I, I imagine you could probably fight them, uh, but if you can use the switch at the right time, it will drop giant blocks on top of them and kill them instantly. So it's kind of cool to have those in the game. They're, obvious, they're pretty obvious where they are, but it's a neat, a neat mechanic anyway. Much like Metal Slug, all these levels have uh, a series of... Uh, they aren't even mini-bosses. They're just, like, larger sprite characters that you have to, to fight to keep going. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't call them bosses because um, a lot of them are, are fairly easy to defeat. But they look cool. There's, like, an airship where if you, pu- you have to punch all the engines off of it, and then the airship falls to the ground, and you get a bunch of coins. I mean, it's little things like that that are in all the levels. But they all look cool, and they all theme mm-hmm. to the area. I really like those. Uh, each level ends with a boss. Uh, like I said, they, each planet has two levels, so the first of the two levels ends with that pirate boss that's the pirate, and then the pirate in a suit, and then the pirate with some helpers. Uh, but the final bosses of each level are all different. Uh, they're not all the same character with different colors or anything. I, I really liked the last bosses of each level. I liked the, the it was varied and they you know they didn't hit with the same thing over. I was just a little bit let down. Um, it's a beautiful game, uh, nice big sprites for the characters, uh, and just the over the top nature of the game. I I didn't think I thought this would be the kind of game where boss fights would be. I expected more of those you know huge take up half the screen. Uh, bosses as it stands i mean you fight some some big bosses on there i think i was just a little bit let down uh that a lot of the boss fights you just 
happen to be fighting kind of ordinary people, maybe in a in a mech suit or or something or another. But uh, yeah, it's just a little let down that they didn't go a little bit bigger with the boss fights. Yeah, there was one too that was just uh, I, I forget which stage it was, but it it made the whole two planes thing kind of just really maddening. Like it, it was just this boss that would go up above you on these rails and it mm. would switch back and forth from the foreground to the, to the background. And you had to like hit a bomb in on a certain part of it. So it would come down and you would have to hit it again or something like that, that, Oh God, I couldn't stand that one. But <laughs> the, the rest of the bosses mm. in the game really weren't much of a challenge. It was mostly just getting up close and, and hitting them as, as much as possible. It, it's definitely not the spectacle of like a metal slug boss fight or something, but yeah, they, they're generally just kind of, they, they don't do too much. I say, I, I, I don't think I was disappointed in any of the bosses, and I actually thought the boss that you just mentioned I, was one of my favorites. The one I hated was the <laughs> lava, uh, like the giant lava monster at the end of the lava boss. Mm. So it wasn't a lava monster, it was mm. the thing that was in the lava that has two giant fists. Uh, not a fan. Did, I did not enjoy that one whatsoever. So the four bosses at the end of each world, uh, there's the lava boss monster that I talked about that is essentially just a giant robot with two fists. It punches on the different planes. You have to pick up the rocks that it leaves there and throw it back at the head. Uh, I think you can also just run up and kick it and punch it a whole bunch. Uh, one of the, the special moves we forgot to mention along with the Hadouken is you can slam on the punch button over and over again and do like the 100 hand slap. Uh, I did that a lot. I did a lot in this game, and it did a fair amount of damage, uh, although it does not make you invincible at all. So notice the time you get one or two hits off, and then you get slammed. Uh, by whatever you're attacking. Uh, so the Lava mm. Boss Rebel was one I had the biggest problem with. Uh, I don't know why. I just couldn't figure out where the fists were going to go. Uh, even on the, the second playthrough, I still haven't really figured that one out. Um, the forest level ends with a... It's like a skull robot that shoots spiked balls at you. Uh, and that one's cool because that was the one where I realized, oh, if I go in and out of the screen, I can keep grabbing these balls at different levels and then you throw them back at the skull. Once you get the mechanics down for that, that boss dies... In about 10 seconds. It's very uh-huh. fast to kill once you figure out what you're supposed to do. But it was a cool boss. Had a lot of things to, to grab and throw. Uh, again, the game uses all the mechanics that make it interesting on all these boss fights. Uh, the third, the Ice World, ends with a burrowing robot suit that comes out of the out of the ground along with these, I think they're supposed to be spiny ice dragons. Uh, that one's not too hard. It was just kind of figuring out where he is as opposed to the dragon and hit him a bunch and he dies. And then the, the bomb propeller suit guy you talked about where he goes around the rails and you have mm. to hit the bombs a bunch and the bombs do damage to him but later on he just comes across with like one bomb and three lasers and you have to dodge them again not very hard uh but i'm saying that as someone who could spend a million credits on every level uh without having to restart the game so if i was in an arcade i probably would disagree that he's not hard uh but once i figured out his pattern he was probably the easiest uh once you get through all four of those levels in any order you choose you end up at the great clapton the last level uh on a giant ship it's a long level uh, that has a few new mini-bosses in it. There's a, a giant... Uh, the hardest thing in that, I think, actually is the giant... Uh, it's supposed to be like a giant alien enemy that looks like all the other alien guys that you've been fighting the whole time. Uh, I had a problem with him. I, I just ended up hammering at him till you know till he got killed, but I probably lost five or six lives just on him. Uh, but then you get to a boss rush. Uh, I found the boss rush version of each of these enemies were way easier than the level of the enemies. Did you guys disagree? Oh, yeah. No, this was this. These were these simplified versions of the enemies, and I, I kind of felt the boss rush coming. Uh, I think the game kind of lends itself to it. Not really a complaint. I think this is probably the way that you should do it. Um, I don't think you need to a boss rush. I'm always upset because it seems I always get to them. 
you know, low on lives. And, and then, you know, bosses I've struggled with earlier in the game are, are back at their full capacity. So yeah, it was, it, it was nice to see the bosses again, but, but even nicer to, to know they kind of toned it down a little bit and you're able to really just kind of breeze through them. I wish they would have kind of made them a little bit different because each one mm. that comes out one after the other is basically the same exact thing over and over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it is, they are not the, you know, unlike other boss rushes that we've been through, it's not, you're you're not fighting the same exact bosses from before. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are just kind of these tanks that are just off to the side of the screen that shoot out bombs at you and you have to throw it back at them. They're all kind of the exact same. So it was nice that they that they put a boss rush in and it wasn't very hard but it was <laughs> it was kind of a strange boss rush if, since it was literally just kind of the same thing over and over again mm-hmm. well specifically the ice boss is the one that would burrow under the ice level that that's the mechanics not even in the fight it's just something that stands yeah. on the side and you punch it a bunch i mean that was that was the one that i was like what but uh so after you finish all those you go immediately to the last fight uh, which is two phases the first is a mecha dragon which i actually thought was really cool um, mm-hmm. You have to grab parts of his neck and throw it back at his head. Uh, I don't know if you could just punch it a bunch. I didn't bother with that, trying to just punch the head. I just kept throwing the. But I liked the. the it was it was a, a hard boss, but at the same time, it was a very obvious boss. Like the patterns of what you're supposed to do were pretty easy. It was telegraphed pretty well, but it did enough damage that when you mess up, you're gonna pay for it. But I thought it was an interesting, an interesting end boss without being. I expected it wouldn't be the last form, and I was right. But the last form was disappointing. The last form is just a guy with a sword, and uh, yeah. and that was hard. I don't know if it's uh, when I watched a like a let's play on it or whatever too. They had the same same kind of um, experience with that last fight, which was uh, it looked like you just died a whole lot. Like you'd hit him one mm-hmm. time, and then he'd stab you, and you hit him one time, and he'd stab you, and you're dead. You hit him one time, and you stab, and you do that like ten times or so, and then he dies, and and the credits roll, and and hooray, it's an arcade game. So you get to register your score, <laughs> but. But it was like like that's the biggest letdown in the game. Actually, really for me was the last, the last boss because I thought the dragon was actually kind of a neat mechanic, and I was like, okay, now it's gonna be some amazing super boss. And no, it's a man with a sword. And he wasn't even a challenge in co-op because we could just oh, get on each side of him and do the hundred hand slap thing, and yeah. that was it. You know, and that yeah. was kind of the strategy for most of these bosses for us was to just get on each side and do that, do the hundred hand slap and until they teleport away and then go do it on wherever they go again. But yeah, and it, the last boss, uh, especially coming off that Mecha Dragon to just do that over again and, and be even easier than a lot of the other bosses was kind of a letdown. So yeah, I, I mean, we've only had three Neo Geo games on the show. Uh, this one is, I mean, it's not my favorite because Metal Slug is my favorite, but this is this is the biggest surprise we've had in a while where I, I really did enjoy this. And the first few minutes I played it, I was kind of like, oh, I'm not going to like this. But then the more I got into it and the more I got used to that jumping in and out of the screen and was able to pay attention a little better to see where it mattered, uh, this is fun. I mean, I'm glad I, I'm glad mm-hmm. I picked this up. I will definitely play this again, and I do want to play this co-op. Yeah, this yeah, is... Yeah. I'm not surprised why I saw this on on list of you know of co-op co-op games uh, that got overlooked because I mean I've <sighs> overlooked this one for quite some time and, and had a blast with it. Um, as you can tell in the review, not a lot of really harsh criticisms of anything. 
on here. Uh, it's not something, once you and your friend play through, it's probably not something you're going to be itching to come back to uh, anytime soon. I can definitely say this is one of those games that once you play through it, uh, that... That might be about it for me. One, well, you know, I've played two two solid playthroughs on it. Uh, I do recommend playing it on your own. Uh, I also highly recommend uh, getting a friend in on this one and and playing through. It's it's one of the better uh, co op experiences uh, and and definitely a, a, a real breath of fresh air on here. I, I'm I'm very pleased that we all went into something uh, went into something. We jumped right in blind and we all came out pleased with what we saw definitely one of the more accessible neo geo games you know yes. it, it's just something that you can jump into it's not too frustrating mm-hmm. it, it just doesn't feel like there's constant odds stacked against you i i think it's just something kind of fun to have around if you got somebody that wants to sit down and play an old game hell fire this thing up it's it's pretty mm-hmm. goddamn fun it's it's way more fun than a lot of super nes games that are like this and uh, I, I just had a lot of fun playing it all the way through. It only take you about an hour, so <laughs> might as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the two player part of it. Uh, looking at, at what I saw online and and how you guys describe it, kind of reminds me not gameplay wise, but of the feeling of playing like River City Ransom two players, where it does make the game fairly trivial, but it's just fun. It's just mindless mm-hmm. fun yeah. to play through over and over again. You can finish it in an hour or so. I mean, this game is fairly fast, even on, on single player. But with two player, I'm sure you're going to fly through it. Uh, and this is kind of a bad way to look at, at retro games. But in, in some ways, uh, especially with arcade ports uh, that are very strict arcade ports in the sense of a Neo Geo, I have to look at it this way. Is this game worth 8 bucks? And the answer is yes. It's 100% worth 8 bucks. Would this have been worth me hunting down the cartridge and paying you know $100 for? Probably not. Uh, that said, if I had a Neo Geo collection, this would 100% be part of it. This, this is one of those games that makes me wish that it just kind of got ported to the Super NES or Genesis so I could have rented it when I was a kid. Because this would have been the perfect rental game mm-hmm. to bring home. You know, the family's ordered pizza or something. There's some kids over. Just sit down, play this, eat some pizza. Perfect Friday night. So our next episode is going to be a listener request. Uh, they've asked us to cover the Shadowrun games, specifically the Genesis, but I'd like to look at both. Uh, Super Nintendo came out first, and then the Genesis came out a year later. They are different mm-hmm. games, even though they are based on the same source material. So I, I'd like to at least look at both. Uh, I don't know if we'll play them both to completion, but we'll do our best. Uh, this request came from Kyle Von Kubik, uh, who actually is doing a Kickstarter for a t-shirt design that's all based on old retro arcade games. Uh, it's called Arcado Returns, and we'll, we'll have links and stuff to it uh, on the episode and also on our on our social media page. I actually really like the shirt and the design. Uh, if you don't like shirts, I'm not 100% sure I'd wear a shirt. Uh, you can just you know, donate a little bit and get a print. Either way, it, uh, it's pretty cool, and I recommend uh, everyone at least check it out. Again, that Kickstarter is Arcado Returns, A-R-K-A-D-O, and... Uh, the shirt itself is, again, pretty cool. It's got a bunch of different arcade characters, Qbert, Frogger, uh, the Clax Hand. I mean, it's definitely worth checking out both of the designs. Uh, it's $15 for the shirts, 30 for both, and you also get free prints. So please check it out. Uh, but I'm also very excited to play the Shadowrun games. I've heard both are very, very good. And I actually downloaded uh, both now for the purpose of this, but I owned the Genesis version and never played it. Uh, because when I worked at Electronics Boutique, I probably bought 100 Genesis games at a dollar a pop and didn't play most of them. Mm -hmm. So this will be nice to visit some of those. Uh, Speaking of downloading, which is a questionable uh, slash completely legal activity, 
I bought that NES Classic, and I was going mm. to add a bunch of NES games to it, uh, because why not? I already own a bunch of NES games, so if someone wants to come and argue about it, I'll just hold the carts up. Uh, but this makes it easier to play them. Uh, however, uh, my computer is old. We've already discussed before that I can't play a lot of things, and I actually can't download the newest version of the software that will mod the, uh, the NES Classic. And the new NES Classic is slightly different than the old one, so they don't recommend using the old version of the software. However, I do have an original Super NES Classic, and I found out that using that same software, you can add games that aren't Super Nintendo games to it at easily. Uh, so I've already got a, a whole bunch. I mean, not me. A guy I know that is named mm-hmm. P uh, has these a uh, whole bunch of TurboGrafx games uh, that he has thrown on his Super NES Classic. And uh, perhaps after recording this, while editing it, he may throw a bunch of Sega Master System games on it. Uh, I'm amazed that Nintendo did this, still. I mean, the, the original run of these things, sure. You figure after it got hacked, they'd be like, okay, this was a bad idea. People are just throwing ROMs on here. I mean... We we got to do something. They've released the the new systems with the exact same memory. They're only using like one fiftieth of the memory that this thing has for the games that are on it. If they don't want you to add games to it, why would they leave all that extra memory there? It might just be a case of they can't get anything too much lower than that. I you know how much how much memory are these the, is the Super NES Classic actually using? I, I mean I don't I could get the exact number, but when you start putting things on there, it shows you how much is left. And it was, it's only mm-hmm. like a tenth of the system, even with all the games yeah. I put on it. It's a tiny amount. And the, and the, the ROMs themselves are, are tiny. I mean, especially in the case of the Nintendo, uh, I think you can fit almost the entire library uh, on, on the regular Classic. Yeah, the, the original NES library, I, God, I think it's, it, it's not much more than like 200 megs if you download a, a, a ROM set. Which we don't recommend, because it's not Mm-mm. a legal activity, Mm-mm. and I do not recommend anyone doing it. Uh, I told Flaremy not to do it. He did not care. He did it anyway. And, uh, and uh, you know, in some ways, it's kind of a cool thing to have, and I, I appreciate that he did it. Um, but, you know, we don't recommend doing that. Uh, but, but if you do choose to get an NES or Super NES Classic, be aware that is something people are doing. And although we don't recommend it, I will say it's pretty cool. Well, how does it run the games? Like, is it acceptable, or is it just kind of meh? So I borrowed his, and on the TurboGrafx games, they generally run very well. Uh, nothing mm-hmm. runs as well as the actual Super Nintendo games that are on it. I mean, if you use other Super Nintendo games, they'll default to that um, that emulator that's built into it, and it's a very good emulator. But things that don't run properly on it, there's a handful of Super Nintendo games that don't work right with it, and you know, obviously the other games won't run on it, so you have to, to download some other emulators and put those on there as well. But the system is smart enough to know uh, or the software that you put on it smart enough for it to know which emulator to use for each you know each kind of file so mm. uh, for turbo graphics i've had uh, of the ones that were on his system i've had pretty good luck uh the only there was a couple shooters that played a little slower than i remember them playing but that that could just be bad memory on my end and i don't have uh that that system hooked up to, to test against an original cart to this but it would be like like input delay, not a matter of playing slower, but like I'd hit you know a fire and then it would fire not much longer, not like two seconds or something insane, but long enough that you could feel the delay. And I don't remember those shooters having that problem. That system was heavy on on 2D shooters and they all played extremely well. So, you know, it's not all of them that are doing this, but it's a couple of them, which is why I don't know if it's an emulation issue or uh, or just that those games really had that delay and I never noticed. Mm. But other than that, I mean, everything seems to run fine. I, I ran into a few problems at first, 
because uh, of the ROM itself. Once I downloaded them again and tried again, they worked just fine. So I don't think it was a problem with the emulator uh, or the setup. Uh, and it's nice to have everything uh, right there on the TV. Uh, down, you know, I don't have to, to hook everything up. I don't have to have 100 systems so that my family shuns me. I have it all on one box. It's, it's quite nice. And that's kind of the main draw for me, especially like these podcasts where we do Super NES games. And I have modded mine to, to play some, uh, I mean, somebody else has modded a Super NES classic that I occasionally borrow to play these these Super NES games uh, that mm-hmm. that aren't actually on the, the classic or something like yeah. that. So that's that's actually really nice because honestly, sitting in front of a computer and playing on an emulator for games that I don't have gets really old pretty quick. I, I'm totally that person that likes to sit down on a couch and, and play video games. So I mean, being able to it, do that with other systems would, would be mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. And I know I people mean, are like, you could get a retro pie and do it, but I, <laughs> I mean, especially with the SNES class, the, yeah, but they've done such a good job reproducing that controller also. Yeah. I mean, you get, you get that authentic feel with it. I think, uh, and you know, a friend of mine who also has dabbled, in doing these illegal activities uh, that he just wanted me to warn everybody before they get excited that the, uh, the game cool world, it just doesn't translate over on there that well. It's, it's glitched out. I know that's going to disappoint a lot of people. My friend was crushed. So, so nobody else out there. Uh, I'm sorry. Maybe one day. Well, it may be worth, you, know, you should tell your friend, it may be worth looking into that, the, the emulator packages that have multiple emulators on it because they do have other Super Nintendo emulators that apparently run most other games, although, again, with some minor issues here and there. Uh, maybe Cool World's just one you're going you're gonna to have to miss out on or go find your cart, hook that back up, uh, and never review it for the show. That, that's an option we have <laughs> uh, for that, that one. But, uh, yeah, we have a lot of friends who do a lot of questionable things, and, uh, and maybe that's, that's its own lesson in itself. Uh, but you know what? The good news is, the games we're going to play next week are playing on the actual systems, because that's what we do here at Retrovaniacs. It's Shadowrun games on both the Super Nintendo uh, and the Genesis again. And again, thank you to uh, Kyle Von Kubik and his uh, Kickstarter for Arcade Return shirts. Uh, again, please check those out. Again, we'll have links everywhere for him. And, uh, and until then, find us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, where I post once a week, pretending I post there all the time, at Retrovania.net. And we will see you next time.